Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Take a step of faith today and serve God with the gift and the talent and the ability that God has given to you. We all know the story in the Bible that we find in the Gospels, and it tells there that there were men that were given talents, and they were to take these talents and they were to work with them. They were to invest uh, the talents. They were to uh, make something happen with the talents. They were to do something with them. And we, we know that the story says that some of them did that. And their, their uh, giftings, their talents, they increased. But there was one that didn't do anything with the gift or the talent, if you will, that God had given him and he planted it. And God was not ple- pleased with that. Oh, I'm just going to save it. No, you don't save what God has given. It's just like the little lad that we heard about. He gave it. God broke it and he blessed it. And he multiplied the ability of that bread and fish to feed many people. God wants us to bring our talents to the Lord. Can you sing? God wants your talent. Can you play an instrument? God wants your talent. Are you good with children? God wants your talent. And it takes all kinds of people with their talents and abilities. So when you come in, we do not apologize that we say, take that gifting, take that talent, take that ability and come and join with us because we need you. We make no apology for that. Why? Because this is a local church. This is the place where this is the building. God is working on a building and this is his building. I'm not talking about wood nails and that. I'm talking about people and the kingdom of God and God is working on the building. He's working on the people. And he wants us to take our giftings, our talents, our abilities, bring them together, join hands together, and reach a world that is dark and full of death. But in the middle of that, we can be the candle, we can be the light. And I can tell you two are better than one. And three is better than two. And a multitude of people is better than the three. It takes all of us. It takes every one of us. God used Moses. Think about it. Moses at one point hid out in the desert. That must have meant that he was afraid. Have you ever been fearful? Well, we're just ordinary people and we have to deal with the same fears that a person like Moses. But see, we just see the end result of Moses' life. We don't see him in the beginning as a little babe in the bulrush. We don't see him. As an ordinary man, but that's exactly what he was, an ordinary man that God did extraordinary things. But see, he had to overcome some things. Sometimes in our lives, we have to overcome. You know, there's a myth in the church about serving and about giving your gift and finding your place. And you know what the myth is? Not just our church, but every church. And that myth is, I have to be special or I can't serve. We're all special in God's eyes. Everyone, you are special. You are this morning. 
You have something that God has placed on the inside of you that he wants you to share with mankind. He wants you to share in your local church, and it's up to you to do that. And sometimes, just like Moses, you have to run over that fear to get to the place where you can serve. I I found over the years it is so tremendous, and I get such a blessing when I am able to be a part of someone's life and I see them in the beginning and um, they, they really do not know their own potential. They do not see what, what I can see or others could see in them. And then you just encourage them and you begin to, uh, to let them, you know, do whatever it is that they're supposed to do for the Lord. And, and, and practice, if you will, and, and, and get out there and rub shoulders with their brothers and sisters serving on a team. And then you see them begin to grow and flourish, and it's so wonderful, and I love it. That's one of the best parts about what I do, is seeing people come out of a shell, come out of fear, come out of all the things that the devil wants to incarcerate us with. But Moses had to overcome. You take Noah. Think about Noah. We look at his life. He was an ordinary man that God called. He loved God and he walked with God. I love God. I walk with God. Do you love God? Do you walk with God? I'm not trying to compare myself to Noah, but he was an ordinary man. And God used him to do extraordinary things. And you know that, but he was persecuted. He was ridiculed. So if we're going to serve, if we're going to use our gift, if we're going to fulfill God's purpose, we might be persecuted. We might be ridiculed. We might be called fanatics. There's those tongue-talking fanatics. Yes, count me in. I've got wisdom too. So we do know how to act. But see, Noah had to go through a lot to overcome. And we saw that David, think about it. He was the youngest son, a little shepherd boy out on the hills taking care of the sheep. And one day, because he wanted to follow God and love God with all of his heart, he had the opportunity to get those five stones. What do the five stones represent? The five stones represent what he had. God didn't say, go over there and get Saul's armor and get this one's spear and get this one's whatever. He didn't say that. He said, take the stones that you have. When he spoke to Moses, he said, what is in your hand? The rod was in his hand. Stretch it out. And the water parted. Folks, what makes us think that God could not do the same thing with us? The ability, the talent, the gifting that God has placed on the inside of you and me. We can use it for him. We can pick up the stones And we can kill the giants of our life and the giants that our church faces. That is a real possibility. When the waters are closing in, when the enemies are upon us, we can take the rod that is in our hand and we can see the water parted and we can be able to go across. You see, but it takes people who will 
ordinary people who will take a step of faith and use what God has given them. You see, too many people see someone else do something and they want that. Well, God's not calling you to do that because, number one, you couldn't. You're not equipped. You don't have the talents or ability to do that. But you do have ability and talent, every one of us. It's all different. And that's what is so beautiful in the body of Christ. We make up the body just like a physical body has many parts. They don't look the same, they don't have the same function, but they work together. That is what the body of Christ is like. We function and we work together. Amen? And so we can look at these people and we can see that they are ordinary people, but God used them to do very uncommon and exceptional things, didn't he? And so we need to expect God to do some exceptional and uncommon things in our life. Amen. I want to take just a moment now and I want to tell you a story that I know about. And I want to tell you a story about two young ministers. And I want to tell you the story of how that God called them to do a work for him, except they couldn't do it on their own. How many of you know you can have a vision, but God says make the vision plain. So these uh, ministers, they made the vision plain. They shared it with people, and people began to come on and be a part. And one day God brought some people into their lives, and these people were, were very ordinary, very common people. But they bought into that vision and they began to use their talent and ability for the Lord. Now, these people, if you looked at them, they were a couple that came in to help the ministers. And if you looked at them, you wouldn't think anything except they're just very ordinary. But I want to tell you that God used them in extraordinary ways to help those ministers do what God had called them to do. And one of the things that they did was to encourage. They were encouragers. Do you know that that is a gift from the Lord, to be an encourager? They did building programs. I mean, they came in with a hammer and nails and did building things. And then they came in and they stood and lifted up the minister's arms in prayer and intercession. And when persecution and when the attacks were on and when the devil was trying to destroy, they stood and they lifted up the minister's hands and they prayed and interceded. And they said, don't be disappointed. You're going to make it. God is going to cause you to do what he's put in your heart. Now, that's a wonderful story. But you know, that's not just any story. You know who the ministers are? Right here. And you know who the couple is? Some of you are going to know their names that I'm going to tell you this morning. Others of you, you don't have a clue who they are, but you can rest assured that God used them in a real way to help this church become what it is today. And it is Bill and Francis McGill. They were an elderly couple, retired, came into the church when we were just at a storefront and believed in us. And let me tell you, that's important because at that time, hardly anybody believes in you, but to have someone that is mature and has wisdom to believe in you, that means a whole lot. But I want to tell you, they helped us. 
They used their gifts and their talents. There weren't that many people at that time when they come in. And they stayed here for a long, long time. And Bill went to heaven. And then Frances was older. And then she had to go live with the son. And we really didn't want it and she didn't want it. But it had to be. And then she went to heaven. And I want to tell you, you are reaping the benefits of those two people. Now, there's others, but I'm just telling you a real-life story here today. And do you know, if, if uh, the Lord tarries and we're in heaven, someday God could have someone telling a story just like this about your life? Because they were very ordinary people. You wouldn't think anything was uncommon about them if you saw them. Or if you heard them, but they were extraordinary people to me and to Eddie. They were extraordinary. I want to tell you, God wants to take your life. He wants to take what you will give him in serving the Lord. See, I'm not talking about going out here and working at some secular organization and investing in that. I'm talking about this local church. Now, I know that there are probably people here this morning and you're visiting or, you know, this is maybe not your church, but it doesn't matter. This message will go with wherever you go to whatever church you go to. This is a message for the body of Christ, not just Redemption Church, even though it is a specialized message here this morning. And so God will take it. He'll take your gift. He'll take your talent. He'll take your ability. And you invest it here in your, your local church. But God won't just keep it there. He'll, I've had so many people to tell me how their lives have been blessed, how God has financially blessed them on the job, promotions and all those kinds of things based upon what they learn here in this church about serving and being dependable, and being faithful. See, find your place is not about getting excited and say, oh, I'll serve, I'll serve. And in two months, we don't even know who you are or where you are. That's not what find your place is all about, is it? Well, you need to plug in, and you need to make a commitment, and you need to serve. And if you do that, God will multiply the ability of blessing in your life to other people. God wants to take our gifts and he wants to transform society. Did you hear what I'm saying? He wants to transform society. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. God wants us to make a difference. Matthew twenty twenty six in the Living Bible says, Anyone wanting to be a leader among you must be your servant. In verse number 28, for I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve. Now see, many times I like being served, don't you? But Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve others. And so I'm here to tell you today, that's why I'm here. I'm here to serve, not for you to serve me. And see, you need to say the same thing. I'm not here to be served, but I'm here to serve. Now, we will serve one another, and that's for sure. But you know, too many times people come into church, and we've all been guilty of this, so I'm not pointing any fingers, that's for sure. Well, Preach to me today a good message. Pray for me. Fix my spouse. 
I'm not even looking over there. Okay, fix my children. Fix my children. Counsel. Give me a comfortable seat. Give me my comfortable row. I want a good parking place. I want people to be friendly to me. Now see, we're that way, aren't we? But see, the way we need to think is this. How can I make someone else's experience today very special? How can I minister to someone? Instead, how can I serve someone? Instead of coming in and wanting everybody to do that for us, now, like I said, even though we're going to minister to one another and serve one another, and that's right, and we, we need to be. We need to be prayed for, and we need to be counseled, and we need to be preached to, all of that. But we need to be more concerned about how can I reach out and serve someone else. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm not here for you to serve me, even though I might get served. I'm here. And see, if we will all do that, if we will all come to that place to where we say, I will serve with this gifting, with this talent, with this ability that I have, that you have given me. Amen? Jesus had a value system. And if we choose it, We'll see our world, we'll see our church, we'll see society transformed. And that is to love the Lord in our serving. We're to serve out of a heart of love. Love for God, by love serve one another. Isn't that what the Bible says? Because you love God, you do love others. And then his value system was also have concern for the poor, the oppressed, the down and outers. And you see... We do have that here. We do. And God says, if you want my value system, if you want to be a servant, then do it this way. Love me with all of your heart and reach out and care for those that are in need. Now, people that come in here, they might be poor, but they might not be poor. Maybe it's poor in spirit. Maybe they're oppressed by the devil. Whatever the case is, people that you come across in society, it may be that way. It may not be financially, but it's other ways that they're dealing with oppression and, and being poor. Amen? And so we need, to, we need to think about that. And then the third thing is to take up our cross. See, we're talking about Jesus' value system. Take up our cross and follow him. Now, I'm telling you, what he's saying, it's, it's graphic, what he is saying here. He's, he's saying it requires sacrifice and giving up. See, when you serve other people, and I know people don't like to hear that word, sacrifice. That's right. The cross. And we sacrifice. And we give up our time. We give time to serve in our church and minister and help people. Sometimes I don't have enough time. Do you? I'm thinking, my goodness, how am I going to get all of this done? But I just pray and say, Lord, help me. And he does. So I know if he helps me, you know, we have families, we have all this going on. But see, family is not an excuse to not serve the Lord. And to give your talents and abilities. It's the reason too. Because you've got those little lives or you've got those teenagers or those young people that are watching you. 
And if you want to transform society and teach them to do the same thing, then you've got to set the right kind of examples. And serving other people is a good example. Amen? Now, Acts 10.38 says Jesus went about doing good where he found the need. He did good deeds. And that's what we need to do in our serving. We need to do good deeds. Can you say amen? I can see already that there's no way I'm going to get all of this talked about today. So I'm going to just very quickly share a few thoughts with you. Many people think about serving and they say, well, that's what I pay the pastor for. He's supposed to. Isn't that what you've heard all of your life? Well, God takes care of that pastor is number one. I don't think you can pay a pastor because I'm going to tell you from what we do, there's not enough money to pay you to do what you have to do and sometimes what you have to put up with. <laughs> I know that's right. So that's another myth about serving. God doesn't want the minister to do his serving by getting out there and receiving the offering and, uh, you know, helping people in the parking lot and going to the hospital and visiting all the people. Now, you may do, you know, you may have to do some visiting. I'm not saying that you'd never do that. But, but primarily, you wouldn't even do that. You're supposed to pray and get in the Word and have something to say when people come, that you can feed them and you can help them. And so really in Ephesians 4, and I'm not even going to take time to turn there, but verse number 11, really what it says there is that the pastor, teacher, apostle, you know, all of that, they're supposed to equip the saints and prepare them for works of service, is I think what the NIV says. Prepare the people for works of service. And see, that's what we're doing this morning. We're giving you the opportunity to serve the Lord. We're equipping you, we help you, we train you, we give you the tools, we give you what you need to do it, and then go for it. Now, it gets a little messy sometimes. And people don't do it exactly right, but who's perfect? We're all human, right? And because we're human, things happen. But you know what? We just get up, dust ourselves off, and get back on track and do what we're supposed to do. So you say, well, I might mess up. Well, we all mess up. You know, hopefully it's not going to be, uh, you know, horrible. But we all have areas that, you know, we have to work on, we have to improve. Amen. So what we're doing is preparing you to serve. We're equipping you as ministers to serve in this body. See, I think it's selfish for a church and ministers, now this is my opinion, to do everything and work themselves silly and then the body just sits there. You know, you're going to have a lot of discord and strife and everything else because they're not happy, then they're not fulfilled. And God wants you to be happy in serving Him and fulfilled. That doesn't mean that everything goes right and that you don't get tired and that sometimes you don't have to deal with problems, but it means that you get the satisfaction and fulfillment from serving God and knowing that you are investing in the kingdom and investing in the lives of other people. Can you say amen? amen? 
Now, God is a master builder. Jesus is the cornerstone that we heard about. We are living stones. We are living, lively, building stones in the house of God. God is working on a building. There's no doubt about that. And the Bible says that we're fitly framed together. In other words, he's organizing it and he's bringing it together. Amen. Now, Eddie and I have built homes in the past. And, you know, there's a process going through that. There's the foundation. Then, you know, you frame the house and then you put the roof on. That may not be the exact order, but it's rough, okay, rough. I deal mainly with the inside once that's done. But I do know the process, okay? And so, but I'm going to tell you, if we did that house and the electrician didn't show up and everything was done in the house and then they come to the end and find out the electrician hasn't done his job. We didn't call for him. We didn't have him. Guess what? You got problems in the house. You see, God assembles his body. And I don't believe that in a local church that there has to be a lot of that happening if everybody will rise up and say, I will serve. I'll be a part of this building process. I'll be the lively stone in the house of God. I'll fit where I'm supposed to fit. I'll do, I'll serve the way that I'm supposed to serve. And I tell you what, I believe if we will, I believe that we can transform our city, transform our society, and see the world touched. Together we can do it. Can you say amen? amen. But we must pick up our tools. We must pick up our tools. We must pick up our building instruments. We've got to have the hammers. We have to have the nails. We have to have the saws. We have to have everything that it takes. I'm telling you, in building a church and doing the work of the Lord, it takes all kinds of tools and resources and gifts and talents and abilities brought before the Lord to serve Him and serve His people. It takes many. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.